to the show, Brandon Shea of Roby Pickham and the Denver Barbarians. Thank you, Colton. Appreciate being back on. It's yeah, been a while. I know it has been a while. It's like you're on like a good like quarterly pace, I think. There you go. We might have jumped the gun a little Corporate bit. Structure. Yeah, I love it. Uh, last time you we were on, we talked a lot about MLR. We just I got some heat online, so the posting my two dudes just talking about old sports players. Um, but we're not talking about we're not talking about the MLR this time. We're talking about just a, a good old fashioned local rumble right a here in Denver this Darby, weekend. A Derby, as they call it. Yeah. I'm really excited. Dust we got up. the American Raptors hosting the Denver Barbarians, or the other way around. We we both play on that Glendale turf pitch and train yeah. on that turf pitch, and I'm really excited for the opportunities that lie ahead for this Saturday. Um, it's going to be a huge day of rugby which we'll get to uh but the reality is it's going to be denver's best talent all in one spot Mm -hmm. and both teams want to win and keep their winning ways going yeah it's gonna be fun man and like the reason it's gonna be fun is because right here we haven't played in six years isn't that right yeah i think you know we'll quickly go over the history but you know since the pro rugby in 2016 mlr shift these two teams got away from playing each other it used to be twice a year like clockwork Um, Some of those games were in the stadium back in the day. But the fact is, they've always been the two most talented Mm -hmm. teams in town. And, um, you know, it Saturday is just it's going to be a really physical hit out. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that. I can remember like back when I was, you know, starting to be around men's rugby, like always in this. I've never played men's, you know, club rugby. I've always kind of been around in this little in this media way, you know, like whether it be. You know, I think I, I got my start like in social media working for Glendale in the PRP days. Um, so saw a lot of good, you know, Raptors, Barbos, clashes. And those are just always like a fun game. Like the people always showed up for it. People are always excited for it. Uh, the stadium was always pretty packed. It's just like some good energy around it. Yeah. And, and I've seen big crowds out so far in the spring. Mm-hmm. at the turf field and just buzzing about rugby in general um, because that happens with the warm weather, right? People get out and they want it. But if we look back on the history, the Barbells were founded in 1967. So it's kind of one of those historic clubs um, mm-hmm. that have played forever and, and continued to play at the top level. Uh, the Glendale Stadium was built in around 2007. So we'll quickly fast forward 40 years. <laughs> and back then it was the Super League. You know, it was a version of the MLR where mm-hmm. teams kind of flew city to city and played each other. Um, obviously, without, you know, the pay that they're getting now, right. it still had amateur forms. Um, but the Barbos Raptors kind of initial rivalry began in those Super League years. Um, there was something called the Elite Cup in 2012 as the Super League kind of wound down and teams couldn't afford all that travel. And then, as you mentioned, it kind of morphed into the Pacific Rugby Premiership, the PRP. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually when I had my playing days. Mm-hmm. Um, I played some of my best rugby from around 2012 to 15. But I do have to give my laurels to Glendale. Um, during those three years, I think it was 13, 14, 15, uh, we went 0 for 6. You know, we never beat Glendale. There were some really, really good teams led by Luke White, you know, Austin Welsh, Casey Rock. We're playing some amazing uh, rugby back Pounga then. Brothers, right? Yeah. So, you know, I have always enjoyed the rivalry in the sense that I've been on the bitter end of, mm-hmm. of a couple losses that, you know, really sit with you years to come. Um, in 2016, we all know what happened. Pro rugby became a thing. And instead of having, you know, two really good teams, they morphed to 
formed the Denver Stampede, mm -hmm. the purple and black unis. My guy, Mose Timoteo, hooked me up with a Denver Stampede polo. I got it in my closet right here. If you want me to pull it out, and I'll Mose show it to you. Mose was the nine, the captain, yeah. you know, the core of that team that went on to win the league. Mm -hmm. You know, so there was a wealth and talent that came together. Max Mote Achival, longtime Barbo, ended up playing for the Raptors yeah. after the fact. But we, we've seen kind of the ebb and flow of the rivalry come and go um, and reigniting it mm -hmm. after a pandemic in, in 2022 when the American Raptors are an entirely different looking entity. Yeah. Um, the Barbos are still an amateur club. We always aim to play at the highest level and compete for championships, but the structure itself hasn't really changed. And, yeah. and we'll talk about the pros and cons of each coming up, but that's kind of like the short history and Saturday is going to be, you know, a new page in the history. I'm really excited for the opportunity, not only for the players, because I think out there on the field at any given time of the 30 players, I think about half can play in the MLR mm -hmm. and have what it takes. So this is going to be about as talented a non MLR game yeah. that you'll see in the U S right. No. And you're completely right by saying that, um, do you just kind of want to get into to that next point about well, let's the just talk about how, how important local derbies are, uh -huh. right? Like as rugby fans, like we're going to get out and watch the games because you and I are heavily involved with our clubs, but the average rugby fan, like they get up so much more when two teams are in town, when you're yeah. playing a rival, when you can call your friend who roots for the rival team and yeah. talk some shit and, and make a bet. Like there just seems like there's more juice in the building when it's a local derby. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. I just like, if you listen to the show I did last week with American Raptors director of rugby, Mark Bullock, I asked him a little bit about his, you know, his role that he's played in kind of getting the, the Glendale, like Seattle rugby club rivalry going. He is, you know, I was heavily involved in both of those clubs. Um, and he said himself, it's all, you know, it's always fun to beat your brother. Like these are guys that you, you've been around, you've played rugby around, like very likely your entire rugby career. So of course there's going to be some, you know, you want to get the leg up on them. And I've already seen on social, some of the, you know, I've seen Malik Bryant posting about playing against Daytuan Sheridan. And those guys have been friends for a while, 10 years, yeah. 12 years, something like that. Like they were on that TV show together. Uh, trying to make it in that next Olympic hopeful. Like they, that's where they kind of met each other, played together with the XOs. They were at that first crossover camp and, um, you know, parted ways Malik and the club did. And, and now Malik's kind of been lighting it up for the Barbo. So it's going to be, you want to beat your brother. It's yeah, going to be fun. Absolutely. And we'll hop into some of the players we want to highlight, but let's talk about, you know, professionalism versus an amateur club because I've done a lot of thinking on this. I mm -hmm. think there are a lot of different dynamics that go into each setup, you know, some advantages and some disadvantages. So we'll start with professionalism, right? The, the Raptors get, get paid to play rugby. Advantages for sure is going to be facilities, organization, right? The team knows how to operate. They've done it mm -hmm. before. Um, and obviously like cash in your bank account each week. Right. That's an advantage that it, motivates people. Just being able to focus, you know, solely on, becoming a better rugby player. That's what their jobs are. Become the best rugby player they can be, obviously with less things distracting you like a job and, and all this other stuff. It, it, it theoretically is easier to do that, right? Yeah, well, you treat rugby like a job. Exactly. Right? And what I've seen in the past is guys who have their life really, you know, going steady outside of rugby tend to play their best rugby. Um, but I would argue that being able to concentrate on it Monday through Friday and really say, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's an advantage. Yeah. And, you know, I expect that 
a Paul Emmerich coach team is going to come out super sharp in the set piece, totally understand when and where they're going to try and attack and exploit the defense. And I'm confident that we are going to play a professional team. Yeah. That's what the Barbos know is ahead of them. Um, what could potentially be a disadvantage to that? I would argue potentially the fact that because you are professional, you're going to see guys come and go and move yeah. on to new contracts. And we've talked about it before, um, but rugby tends to kind of lean towards these one to two year contract. I think a lot of players enjoy like traveling and using rugby as a ways to get around the globe. And that's why the contracts lean a bit shorter and it's very injury heavy. Right. So no management's like, let's ink you for a decade. Yeah. Um, but I think obviously there has been a rotation and, and kind of a reload, right. Between yeah. the Raptor team. Oh yeah. That's like, I've talked about it. You know, I'm not sure if I've talked about this podcast before. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't, but like the thing that's kind of like dawning on me as we make our way through this third season here is there's always going to be kind of this weird ceiling, right? Like Peter's talked about it before. I just talked to Mark again about it last week, like the recruiting, how hard that is because the, just by design, like the way that this program is set up now, trying to get these crossover, crossover athletes in, you know, it is a revolving door. Like they come in, they get coached up enough to maybe, you know, another team picks them up. They go on to do other things. Some, Sometimes they decide, you know, I just kind of want to be a regular person. I just want to work a job. Um, and so with that, there is a lot of turnover. And so instead of all growing as one, you know, you're always kind of like you can only grow so fast because the guys that have been in here for three, three seasons now, you know, they, they played a lot more rugby than the guys who have, you know, just picked up a ball two months ago. So like there's all there's kind of this weird like. It's like a glass ceiling, kind of. You, it's all. It almost seems like you can only go so high. So, does that make sense? Am I making any sense? I think what you're saying too is like similar to anybody in sales. You're you're going to have guys at different stages of the pipeline. Exactly. Yes. If closing a deal in the rugby equivalent is sending a guy to play in yeah. another league. Um, you're going to have guys at different stages all the time. Now, is that a disadvantage when you have a full-time coach who knows how to guy, get guys wired in and you have a leader, you know, a captain like Max who mm -hmm. knows how to motivate people and, and steer the ship? Probably not as much. Not as um, much. I think it's, it's something to think about. Yeah, it definitely still exists because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you got to play rugby to become a rugby player, right? Like, that's the only way you're going to learn. Um, and I, I know there'll be a couple of guys we talk about here in a minute, but a lot of a lot of guys just simply don't have match time yet. They're still learning the rules. And, um, you know, that's the only way you learn is you just kind of jump in and do it, sink yeah. or swim. No, I'm really excited. It's going to be good. Count how many times I say excited on the pod <laughs> after when you edit. Uh, let's kind of flip over to an amateur club now. And, and we use that term amateur, not in the sense that, like, these guys don't know what they're doing yeah. wise in the sense that like there's no direct pay. Right. Um, even when you play for really good clubs that have been around for decades and, and have history and have old boys and boosters, all the fundraising really goes to just letting the team operate in general. You know, very little is like hitting the players' pockets. You know, right. we get an old boy every now and then who's like, I'll give a hundred dollars for every try or fifty mm. bucks for every point, you know? And that's all well and good and, and that's part of having fun and throwing some money around and rewarding people for good play. But for the most part, I would say there's extreme disadvantages to being an amateur. You know, guys have to love it and mm -hmm. want it to be out there. Um, you know, is are there also disadvantages in training twice a week from eight to 10? Yeah, probably. 
That's pretty freaking late. Yeah, I don't it know is if you've ever gotten home after a 10 o'clock training, like yeah. wired. Yeah, you just can't go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, God damn it, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and you got turf burn on your knees yeah. and stuff, and no one's paying you to be there. Yeah, you, you tend to question. I and see a I lot mean, of early retirements, right? For club guys. Uh, it's cold, you know. I've I've seen some of those those posts about running around when it's we negative. We can't cancel. We don't yeah. have the luxury of canceling. If right. it's twenty degrees and snowy, get your work in. We're out there. You know, yeah. we're not going to get a last minute bubble at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Um. So there have been some February practices where I think the boys were a little little razzled by the the weather and being like, "What the hell am I doing out here?" Yep. It's also hard to get going in February. You know, <laughs> anytime you do a camp in a bone chilling environment, and the Raptors did the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. When they reported, it's hard to motivate, man. Yeah. Especially when you're just doing internal hitouts and just. You know, bashing shoulders with your teammates. You get sick of it. Yeah. So this is why, you know, the local derby is so good, right? Yeah. They're going to get to go against different guys and it's going to be great. And no one has to travel and everybody can invite their family and friends and pull up a chair, you know, and have a beverage and just enjoy good rugby in a really easy, convenient spot, which is Infinity Turf, 1055 South Cherry. (laughs) That should be a nice uh, spring day too, right? It should be like the perfect usher, you know, into summer. Now, one last thing. We'll, We'll do advantages for an amateur club. I would argue that even without the pay, Sometimes having guys who just play for the love of the game is that's, that. Advantage. That's what I was gonna say. Like, especially with this this Raptor setup, where you're getting in guys that are kind of like still feeling it out. Like they don't know if they like rugby yet, you know. And you're you're bringing a whole team of guys that love rugby. Like, or maybe you know, a Raptor guys coming from a football practice squad. Where yeah, he was making pretty damn good right. money compared to it. So you're right. Some of these guys have like five to eight years of chemistry and playing with each other, whether mm-hmm. it's summer sevens or. Or, you know, just just seeing them around, right? Like with especially in rugby, it's so small. Like you go to a tournament way up in the Northeast, you're going to see a bunch of the same people you see when you go play in L.A. or something, right? Like I've always noticed, like I'll I'll always memorize my competitor's face. Yeah. Even if I haven't met him, be like, I've played you before. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because that's the the competitor in all of us. Right. We never want to lose to anybody. And we always think we should have won that game. Uh-huh. Anybody that's really competitive has that mindset. Um, I'll just say, like, from what I've seen so far this spring of 22, the Barbos have been humming. I don't mm-hmm. think we played good enough competition. And we've talked about how, like, we want all the teams in Denver to get better. So, like, rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's it's still not there. We put up some big score lines against, like, Colorado Springs, Highlanders, Queen City. We even put together a February tour where we went down to Tempe, Arizona and played a Thursday-Saturday game, you know, similar to what we're going to see in the playoffs Mm -hmm. in in two weeks coming. Um, And we had big score lines against Tempe and Phoenix, you Mm -hmm. know, so we've yet to really get that matchup where we're like, gents, like, dig in. This is going to be a A battle. (laughs) Um, Which is what I'm expecting Saturday. I'm excited. Yeah, man, it's gonna be cool. And I, I this is such a cop out answer, but I'm looking at this expectations of the game bullet point. Uh, the I've said it time and time again. The Raptors really like they're in every game. Like even when they're not, they always seem to like crawl back into it. There's been times, even you look two weeks ago. I think they were down seventeen nothing to Giltini's Academy. They just crawl back into it. Like I think part of that, I don't know if it's fitness or just like 
the way the type of athletes these guys are, but um, I just anticipated it being a close one again. I don't, I don't know if I could pick a winner. Well, we'll put a we'll put a little little side bet. Okay. Uh, at the end of the pod. Okay. Um, that sounds good to let, me. Let's dive into some guys. Okay. Because Love there's going to be guys out there. On yeah. The um, and, you know, probably uh, 30 of them. I, I say it in a joking tone, but I, I mentioned earlier, like a lot of these people will go on to play professionally at the mm-hmm. next level. And we've kind of highlighted five from each team, but we could probably even drop some more names we, at the end. Yeah, why, we might as well. Let's start with the captain for the American Raptors, who already has MLR caps. Yeah. He's got to try. try. I didn't answer my trivia question, by the way. I remembered like, as soon as I stopped, put the podcast out. We can. I'm really wrong. We can talk about it later. But yes, Max was one of the players on that list. <laughs> and he just recently came on the podcast, kind of talked about where the team was. Yeah. When I see him play rugby, he's like a threat to pass and yeah. put guys through, even though you would think like a big tall powerful lock is going to be that hard man that hard runner every time not saying max isn't a hard man he is he's but he, just he's a, a utility knife a, util- a utility man swiss army knife uh and max too like i thought it was interesting i'm sure you heard his whole analogy about how rugby is the most the sport that's most like war and then he kind of amended it to chess and i feel like you can really see like he can sit down and tell you exactly what he's thinking and exactly why he made this decision because he was hoping that it would set up this. Um, and I think part of that, you know, he's the most experienced rugby player on this team, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think he has the most years under his belt. It's funny to say because he's only like 23. Like he's pretty but he's a uh, tactician. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to see him kind of take on this captain's role because he always has been the youngest guy, you know, and. And now, like, you're getting on this team where he is, like, kind of right in the middle and especially having all that knowledge. It's been cool to see him, like, put it to use and really just kind of come into his own as a player and as a leader. And one thing I want to add is, like, being a captain on any team is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. I've heard this saying, like, what's focal is causal. And it's why presidents or CEOs get way too much credit when it's good and way too much blame when it's bad. Yeah. Right? So things are always going to pop up with a team. And it's your job as the captain to go out, make sure you got a good pulse on on what's going on and who the stakeholders are and how to solve those things. Yeah. And I imagine like Max has his hands full this year and it's never, ever easy to lead. Mm-hmm. If it was, there'd be a ton of leaders out there. And you can, but there aren't. I mean, you can only imagine, especially like with being around a bunch of guys that haven't played rugby before, like there's probably a little bit of extra, you know, you know, helping a lot, hold hand holding, I guess you yeah, could say, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's a lot of other things you have to do when it's kind of, when it's not assumed as much as it has been in the past, if that makes sense. Like you, you kind of assume that people know what's going on or know how this operates. And when you have all these guys that didn't know what rugby was a year ago, you know, you kind of have to teach them a little bit more of that stuff too, which can be hard as well. Yeah. Well, Speaking of other experienced players, walk us through some guys in the back line who have caught our eye. Yeah, uh, Samu Smith, obviously, is another uh, experienced guy. Again, guy that played, uh, did a little stint with uh, Rugby United New York, I think, in 2019. Um, Samu just seems like a guy that gets better and better. Like, I feel like every time I watch him play, he just seems like he's that much more fit. He, you know, especially, like, I feel like the is, is kicking last year. He's really shown it off with the boot. Um, Lino Latu is a guy I've talked about quite a bit just since this whole thing started. Um, he's kind of the first guy that really caught my eye. And he's got like a especially special story, I guess, coming into this year because he was, um, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, 
he's in a head-on car accident on his way down to Los Angeles from the Bay Area um, for a trial run with the Giltinis last year. So uh, got hit head-on on the highway early in the morning with Watson, Fleeky Tonga, another guy on the Raptors, and broke a bunch of bones in his feet. He had to have some surgery. So this is kind of this is his first season back. It's the first time he's played rugby in nine, ten months, and he's you know he's gotten himself back in shape, and he looks really good right now. Um, I think he's still the leading scorer. I know I saw some clips from this past weekend Seattle match and been very unselfish and tossed, gave one up that he probably could have punched in. Well, but that's what a good 10 does. Yeah. Right? Is that where he typically slots at fly half? Uh, he's playing fullback last week. Yeah. Fly half's kind of like his, you could tell they're still kind of like feeling it out, like who's playing where, but um, he's played 12 a little bit. I know he played 12 a couple of matches last year. So he's kind of, you can slot him in anywhere and he's going to look good. Well, between him and Simu, you got to think that, you know, the pack of the American Raptors is going to be massive and they're going to run really hard. Right. And I'm sure the Denver barbarian coaching staff is going to know that. Right. But it's at phase four, five, six, seven, where Mm -hmm. backs like Lene and Simu spot a gap and just go. Yeah. And sometimes that's the heartbreaking score, right? Mm -hmm. If a team just walks it down on you, it's like, damn, they earn that try. But the ones that really suck are like the 70 meter try from one missed tackle. (laughs) I mean, that is killer as a player. Right. It just takes takes the the will out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lene too, a little funny, I guess, side note was uh, the first match the Exos played down in New Orleans. Um, Pat Clifton was at that game and he was, he was live tweeting his thoughts and Lene got, he got somebody like he trucked him pretty hard. It was like, kind of like threw a dummy and just tucked the ball. And it's one of the ones where you put it up against your chest and it kind of like propels the defender off of you. And uh, Pat Clifton had a tweet that was like, not many tens are, are, you know, trucking second rowers, but not many tens are like built out of a slab of granite, like Lene Latu is. So and, and the thing is, I've noticed like, as far as backs who can bump a guy, it starts with good footwork because mm-hmm. you freeze them and yeah. then you're like, Oh, you're done. Yep. That's exactly. It's kind of like a show and, uh, yeah. yep. Yeah. Get their feet stuck in the cement. Uh, last back I want to talk about before, I guess we move into the, the one forward I have on the list. Uh, Luke Millette. Luke is a freak athlete. Luke played football at NIU. Um, He also played lacrosse in college, so he's a two-sport athlete. I think he's the first lacrosse player that has come through the program as a a crossover athlete. Um, But if you play two college sports, you're you're a good athlete. And I've heard through the grapevine that if there is another David Still, this guy has the potential to kind of fill those shoes. He's still learning how to play, obviously. Um, So... Not even sure he'll be on the on the roster this weekend, but if he is, got to keep your eye on. All right, well, I will. And shout out to David Still, who very yeah. quickly throws his hand up, you know, not just with the Gilgronis and MLR caps, but on the Seventh Circuit. Yeah, he looks like a natural out there. Yeah, and, and that's what I love about this idea behind the American Raptors is like, hey, if we sift through a lot of good crossover players. There are going to be some guys that just rise to the top and do it quickly. And David still is living proof of that. Yeah, certainly. Last guy I want to talk about Caleb rep. Caleb played, I think he played wide receiver at Utah state. If you look, if you Google him, he's got a nice play that made sports center top 10 threw his hand up got a nice little one handed touchdown grab in the back of the end zone. Um, but just kind of from what I've heard about Caleb is 
He's really been thrown into the fire. He was around last year a little bit, just kind of taking a minute to get his feet under him, catch him in the second row. But I've heard he's been thrown into the fire this season and like he's coming out on top. So he's kind of, he's surviving that initial baptism. Um, and I think the more he plays, because again, freak athlete, uh, more he plays, the the better he's going to be. And again, another guy that if he's on the roster, keep your eye on. Caleb Rep and Luke Millette. Mm-hmm. We'll keep our eyes out for that. Yeah, um, you can't miss him. While we touch on it, we got to give the other Caleb um, some yeah. props. Caleb Geiger fully taking over the starting hooker position yeah. in rugby New York. So scoring the try, he was uh, even when he was coming in in relief, he was giving some good minutes. He's a he's just a machine. Yeah. He's a logger. You love to see that man. <laughs> he's From a Sedalia. Yeah, I remember I, when red. I talked to him. When I had him on the pod, I forgot to ask him about logging, which was a big miss on my part. It was like, as soon as we stopped, it's like, oh, should have asked you about logging. And I just asked him, like, is, lo- is, is, is it harder to be a logger? Is it harder to play rugby? He said, oh, being a logger. Yeah. I, I went out logging, helped my dad. He has a logging business, Caleb's dad does, and said he kicked his ass. So oh, I don't doubt it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's pivot and just shout out some Denver Barbarians of note. Um I mean, we got to start with Malik, right? We had just brought up the fact that he's really hungry for this game. And he had a great um, summer sevens. Obviously, his build and skill set. He's a burner, for those that Mm -hmm. don't know. He's got 4'3 speed. Probably the fastest dude I've ever seen in real life. And he told me that he beat Antonio Brown in a race. Yeah. I think I've told you that before. disagree, (laughs) but yeah. But, I I I mean... Let's take a look at Malik and look at Antonio Brown and who who are you going to believe? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, man, Malik, he's played a lot of rugby, you know, since he had played for the XOs and the fact that he did a whole summer of sevens. He got some more sevens in the fall with select teams. Um, he's gotten a look with Tiger Rugby. Yeah, I've seen that. And, you know, I'm really happy because he puts out nothing but good vibes in the world. Yeah, he's just a good dude. Yeah. Malik's the guy, you know, you want like babysitting your four-year-old. Yeah. You know things aren't going to go wrong with him in charge. <laughs> he's just like got that cool demeanor. But rugby-wise, it's different on a 15s pitch, right? Yeah. It's, it's really hard to play wing when you're starved of the ball for 15 minutes at a time. And I imagine like, you know, if, if there is some aerial ping pong and it's sent back and forth, he's going to look for that open space mm-hmm. um, to have a go. Because, again, he really just has that burner type of speed. But, yeah, he's, he's going to be going all out. When you play your old team, you want to win. Yeah. These guys are all competitors. Like, it, it's all love. But when that whistle blows, like, Malik's going to be going. I'm, um, I'm trying to think, like, again, this, this iteration of the American Raptors, I haven't seen much of them because I haven't seen them play live yet. But I think if... If he gets some space, I don't think there's anyone that can catch him. Yeah. Could be wrong, but like, but like I said, he's... the back three for yeah. the American Raptors go about it, right? Yeah. Because like good fullback coverage left to right throws in another cut right. that a burner's got to make and maybe a trailing winger right. can double him up. But it'll be interesting um, to stay in the backs. There's a certain individual, Connor O'Brien, who's grabbed the reins at scrum half for the Barbos. Uh, Raptor fans might remember him from a game in the fall. The Hartford Harpooners came to town. Mm-hmm. You know, Connor knew the owner or operator, coach, uh, Marcus Satavu yeah. for the Harpooners. So he hopped in, and that was a game where the Harpooners really had a chance. Yeah. He, he's that nine where he's going to like mess with you and play like any to scrum half, scrum half right? behavior. Yep. They like to rile people up, um, and he's got a big mullet. You know, you can't Love that. Um, but he's got a great pass, and I think he's really like rallied around the boys, and you got to have trust. Um, 
like your forward pack has to trust you as a nine because you're leading them around the pitch and Connor's done a great job and he, he can make something, you know, even with a little gap. So keep your eyes out for Connor O'Brien. Eric Sykes is a veteran player who's been around the block probably since like 2018. Um, really sevens is kind of his thing in craft, but he's been slotting at 13 and having a go. Let him know Sykes if you want to check out his Instagram because he likes to let him know. Um, but, you know, he's a guy I wouldn't be surprised is playing PR sevens this summer. Um, nice. One of those dudes that just, you know how it is, like sometimes you can go pro, but things are just happening in your life where you, you don't really want to. Right. right? You don't, Why mess up a good Denver, thing? Yeah. You know, he, he didn't want to uproot and go try and make a squad because he loves playing for the Barbos and, and that's just his jam. Um, the so grass is not always sex. greener, right? Yeah. Um, let's, let's throw a, a forward in there. Folks might see him on, on the officiating circuit. Uh, but Mike Lawrenson is still an active player, <laughs> loves to get out with the Barbos. This is a guy who um, played for Counties Manicow professionally um, back in probably that 2017, 18, 19 era. Um, a lock who can attack the line from Kwasanatul and um, South African through and through, but he's here in Denver to stay and he, he runs our lineup. You know? A master of the rules. Yeah, it, it's no secret, <laughs> you know, who we'd like to get it to up in the air. Um, Lucatani is the last name I have on there. A familiar face. Yes. He has played for the American Raptors. He now plays for the Denver Barbarians. He's also played in the MLR mm -hmm. um, with the Gilgronies and I think Austin too. Or yeah, you just said that. Yeah, sorry. But like, you know, Luca, last time I talked to him, said he's just having fun playing rugby. Right. <laughs> so we talked about that dynamic between being professional and, and being an amateur. And, you know, I've really loved what he's done in the wide channels. Again, we have been playing as good of a competition as we need to be. Um, but if I can kind of prepare anybody for this game, it's that the, the Denver Barbarians pack loves to play wide. They're, mm -hmm. they're forwards that think they're backs, you know, <laughs> and, and that might be hard to do on a, a really well-skilled, well-coached team like the Raptors. Um, but if the Barbos, you know, want to, hang and put their stamp in this game they have to front up and play defense for the first 20 minutes mm -hmm. they can't think about champagne tries and offloads it's like you gotta meet this team in the sand and mm -hmm. let them know that you're not gonna budge yeah uh luca too i mean i saw up close and personal what he can do very skilled he's played a lot of rugby he's been in a lot of different systems he told me that he uh won like the dodgeball championship in fifth grade or something like that. So another, you know, multi-skilled athlete. I'm um, excited, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we'll see if dodgeball can cross over. <laughs> uh, but now that we're wrapping up, Colton, I mean, we got to put a little little friendly something I know. On right what, are we, what are we doing? Well, I, I don't think we'd be backing either one of our teams <laughs> if we said there was a handicap here. So we'll yeah. put it at an, okay. an even handicap. Yeah. Uh, Barbo's win. You take me out to joe's cafe down the road okay raptors win i take you out to joe's cafe down okay the road. that's a deal All right. that's a deal it looks like we're headed to joe's <laughs> next week um, can't go wrong let's hey, let's throw some times in there so okay. everybody knows saturday uh 3 p.m yeah that's when <laughs> american raptors are kicking off against uh, the barbos uh, -huh. uh but right after that game we yeah. got the barbos b-side against the water dogs and you can catch some stray raptors in that one too um, and then there's a curtain raiser, is there not? I believe there is a Colorado Gray Wolves curtain raiser. So, folks, it's going to be a big yeah. day at Infinity. Bring the umbrella. Bring the sunscreen. Maybe bring, bring a cooler. Exactly. Just Got to. stay, enjoy it, be a part of this local derby because it hasn't happened in a while. And 
Who knows? I'm really excited. <laughs> Hopefully it happens again soon. It's going to be a fun one, man. I look forward to catching up with you out there, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Appreciate you, Colton.